You are listening to the 10 Minute Entrepreneur Podcast with host Sean Castrina. Okay, I'm excited about today's podcast, but as you would know, I'm always excited about it. But I have somebody that I think is going to help us with some sales. Had a music career and then got into sales a little later, but did an extraordinary job at it. And I'm really excited about this interview. I have Josh Alltop with me here today. Josh, it's great to have you on the podcast. 100%. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. All right. So kind of give us the first part of your life, and then we'll get into the entrepreneurial part that came a little bit later. Yeah, 100%. So I uh, basically kind of grew up in uh, the church. Father was a pastor. That's how I learned how to play music. And they always needed new musicians. My mom was a musician. My father was a musician as well. So I just learned how to play. Started playing drums back when I was about five years old. Played my first like church service at like seven. And then it took off from there. Led me into a career of traveling the world, you know, playing drums, producing, making records. Went to college for it. So I love that. Uh, basically, right around uh, 2019, um, I kind of got into sales. Didn't actually realize that I was always in sales. Uh, I just didn't know it. I was always selling myself as a musician, as a producer, as somebody trying to, you know, hustle or grind. Once I got into sales, I started working for a company that, you know, was an online consulting company. In my first basically 12 months, I did about $6 million, um, had over, uh, um, you know, 50% closing rate. And I'm surprised high. they ever let you leave. I'm surprised they didn't <laughs> handcuff you to the place. Uh, they they definitely wanted to keep me, but it was they also were a great company where they allowed people to properly transition as they wanted to and and do what was best. But it what what was always a passion for me, um, my whole entire life was if I had some information or knowledge on something, I always wanted to give it back. One, it taught me how much I actually knew about the the information or that knowledge, and it helped me know is this actually wisdom? Can I actually apply it and then teach it back? And then I started finding out there were other people that needed the same knowledge. Um, because honestly, I started crushing it in sales, but I didn't have any skill sets. I didn't have any tactics. I didn't have any formal training. I just had this natural thing that was inside of me. So for the last three years, I've been basically reverse engineering, like, how did that happen? And now how do I train that and inspire and help others to do the same? Yeah, because as you know, there, there are definitely things you were doing that are systems. You just didn't know they were systems because you know, people buy from people they like and trust. Yes. You know, so however you however you create the pitch, if if they like you, they trust you, and they need what it is you have. And the reality is, they don't even have to need it. <laughs> I mean, that's the other that's the other <laughs> misnomer. They don't necessarily even have to need it. Have you heard of timeshares? Um, yes. <laughs> so there, 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 there you go. So let let's just have some fun with some sales for a little bit because I I, I would teach. I would have a sales um, interview once a month. That's how valuable I think it is. I don't think yeah. you ever know enough about sales. I, if I'm working with a company, my own companies, if things are going down, it's because sales aren't. Sales aren't where they need to be. It's, it's Sales solves 80% of every problem, specifically in a startup. So what is it that you have found in sales that people you know are missing you are missing it they just okay they just did more of this or is there a routine that you have found that i know you have you know your your gross sales week and we'll get into that at the end but let's give away some goodies now and, and that you find this is where companies these are where people are really missing it in sales yeah so uh it's it's actually i love this question because 
for the sales league, which is obviously our company and, and what we do when we train sales professionals and maybe, you know, business owners who still have to do sales at that level when you got basically. And they do. They Every business owner, I say, you better be selling for the first one million. So you know what it is you're selling. Oh, 100%. Zero to one million. I mean, honestly, I would even push zero to two and a half, maybe three, because it's at that three, you know, that that three million a mark that I see a real shift in a transition. But um, the biggest thing that I think is missing is this conviction. What I have more than I would say anyone else, I can name five people right now that might have more skills or tactics than I do, but I will never tell you that there's somebody that has more conviction than I have. Because when you have a high conviction, it is rooted in a deep belief, either belief for the product that you're selling, product, good, or service, or a belief in yourself. Now, I don't mean arrogance. I don't mean any of that. But what I'm saying is when I have seen people pop out of a slump, a lot of times that they got into the slump was because they lost focus on that in which they were selling. They lost focus on that problem that they were solving. Because to me, sales is just simply solving somebody's problems. We do that through leadership and question-based selling. Well, when I look at this and I can see somebody in a rut, it's like, oh, they're getting in a rut because they're starting to believe like, oh, well, we had a bad review or we had a refund or this didn't go well. I'm like, find me a company that everything go per goes perfectly and every client is always happy. I don't, I mean, maybe I haven't been. I, I, well, here, I'll give you the answer to that. As I've <laughs> told my clients, happiness is nowhere in my contract. If you can find the word happier happiness in any contract I've done, We'll talk about you being happy. I have no problem fulfilling bullet points, contractual responsibilities, yeah. but there is not happiness is not in it. I said, my aunt hasn't been happy since the mid sixties. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. so don't, don't give me the happiness one. Yeah. So with the conviction side, how do you actually do it? Cause that's a big word, kind of ethereal. It's up here. So how do you dial in your conviction? Well, one, it starts with you personally, you know, are you operating as the person that you say you are? You know, like people are like, well, I'm a great sales professional. So therefore, you know, I, I got to do all these things. And it's like, no, 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 you just do those things because you're a great sales professional. If you truly want to own a business, then it's not a question. Do I call the leads? It's not a question of do I do my follow ups? Do I uh, hit my numbers? Do I know my numbers? I mean, that's a that's a big one. You you want to fix yeah, something in your business with sales? Know your numbers. If you have no idea what your average order value is, you don't know what your closing percentage is, then how could you even know like how many consults you do need to take and then how many of those are going to show up and then have that, you know, keep reverse engineering, how many leads are coming in and what is it actually going to take to achieve your desired outcome? Most sales professionals don't realize that if I don't know what this end goal is in mind and I can't reverse engineer that, then one, you won't even have the belief or the conviction that it's even possible happen so your month your quarter your year is already starting off on the wrong foot so that that would be uh, no and i love that i've always said it's like a, it's like the back of a baseball card if you're good in sales it's just a numbers game it's okay this is how much i want to make such and such a number well this yeah. is how much i make on average per sale it's just a constant reverse engineering. It might be three lines, four lines, five lines, but you, you can reverse engineer the numbers and then you have complete control over that. A hundred percent. And if you know what those lead indicators are, now you're actually able to detach yourself from the cell. I hear that a lot. And people are like, but I need money to pay my bills or to survive. And it's like, it's not that you don't ever think about like, oh, I need to make a close. It's that you are not focused on the outcome. You are focused on the lead indicator that gets you to that lag indicator, that lead indicator that gets you to your desired outcome. 
I will get my 10K a month, 20K a month, whatever it is for that person. I will get X amount of dollars because I am focused on making my dials, sending my emails, doing my follow-up, uh, sharpening my axes, we call it, which means I, I'm either studying uh, an old closed call that I know how I sound. I know my tonality, my brevity, my cadence. I'm reading books. I'm listening to podcasts. I'm inputting things that make me 1% better every day. That then there will be a byproduct. It's like with sales, I'm like, if you're, you have commission breath because they, you just want that sale so bad. But if you turn that into wanting to help that prospect just as equally much as you do wanting a closing, you'd be surprised how much money is going to end the, up. The, the sales takes care. If you can, you know, it is ask questions. Just ask if you're having trouble. I would say if you're having trouble making sales, just ask more questions. Yeah, <laughs> they're going to tell you why they want to buy or what why they're not buying and and all that. I mean, I I'm addicted to sales and I and still, you know, 30 years later, I still read a sales book every year. Uh, I still read a book on persuasion. You know, obviously Robert Cal I mean, Caldoni and and things like that and and negotiating. Uh, you know, uh, never split the dollar. You know, things that I, I'm. I, I still go back and read those books again or read new books on sales because maybe there's a technique that I've, I've that I haven't been doing as much as I should be doing and and all that because it, it, there's a skill to it and I think that that's one thing I think people and that's why you know your training is is important. I think some people think because they're good at you always hear this well I'm a good talker well that doesn't mean you're be a good salesperson. The gift of gab. <laughs> yeah, yeah you know that. Oh, he's really good at talking. Like somehow that's the the magic. Well, the magic actually is in listening. Now, the ability to build a rapport and create a little bit of trust, that does involve some communication. But but it's the listening is where you're going to make your money. Yeah, I don't know who said it, but he said, uh, don't judge a man by the answers he gives, but the questions he asks. And I, if somebody told me that recently because I'm like, oh my God, that's so true. Because I mean, we do so many interviews. You know, when we help businesses, build up their sales processes and, and help them actually make exponential growth and revenue. Obviously, a lot of that has to do with the team members that you bring on. I, we kind of take that uh, Nick Saban approach, always be recruiting, right? Yeah. Um, and our mindset with that is when I'm hearing these interviews, it, I'm not listening for their answers. It, what really gets me is that moment when I say, hey, so what questions do you have for me about the opportunity or the position or whatever? And they're like, well, I mean, it feels great. Yeah, I, I'm excited. I'm like, nope. I'm like, I'm never going to give you a call back because if you are not showing me that one, you're using active listening or you've not prepared to understand what it is that you're going to do, then that means that you're not doing this. You're not considering the cost. And if you can't consider the cost and you don't know what it's going to take to actually build this foundation or this career or this, uh, th this business up. So it's like, man, guys, you got to be able to ask a good question. Yeah, no, questions are critical. And then, and you were kind of leading into that is, is the ability to staff. I mean, that is, I find that, you know, young entrepreneurs is probably one of the greatest things they lack is the ability to to staff an extraordinary team. Unfortunately, it tends to be, you know, friends and buddies and hey, you know, they may be great to go to a football game with, but I've never staffed one of my businesses with my buddies. Why do you think businesses struggle to with staffing? I think the biggest thing is, is that the number one is that they don't know how to get the high level talent. They don't think they can hire it. They can't, they don't think they can afford it you know, or they're digging in ponds that have small fish. In other words, so number one is that I want to run, I want to run ads or, or network, whatever it is. I want high level talent to be the people that I'm interviewing. I, I want to be interviewing the very best people. I want to be interviewing people that I don't think I can afford, 
where you're trying to interview people that you know you can afford. Oh, that that person, you know, you know you can afford. Them. I like interviewing people I can't afford. That I know that I'm going to have to be on my A game to pitch them the, the value proposition of of the company. Maybe there's going to be a slight bit of ownership. Maybe there's going to be some profit sharing. There's all these other upsides where other people are just placing people in positions. They're just fielding a team. I don't want to field a team. I want to put a winning team you know, on the field. And to do that, I have to have better talent that I'm interviewing. I have to have talent that I'm, you know, that I know I'm going to have to get creative to hire, that I'm going to have to do an incredible pitch. That's why you're always selling as an, if you're an owner of a company, I don't care if you're selling a product. I do an interview every week, mm -hmm. every week. And, and that's my biggest sales. My, my greatest sales have never been with a customer. It's the people that are now work inside our building. Mm-hmm. And, and then let's be honest, as a leader, you are selling your vision. I had a great friend once tell me, no one will have patience for the vision like the visionary, which means as the leader, we have to constantly be selling that new idea because it's culture, creating buy-in, showing them how uh, their desired goals will actually accomplish when they buy into said vision, right? Yeah. And so I think you're, you're dead on with that. You're constantly having to sell where you're going. Yeah, well, the, because the, the the bottom line is, is when you interview super high level talent, you know, how, how does Bill Gates get a get a bomb, you know, Steve Bomber, you know, how does Steve Jobs get Tim Cook? I mean, okay, these were employees, just so you know, these were not entrepreneurs, they brought in extraordinary talent. So I, I, to, to me, when you cast your vision, I, I always am like, I always share how, and, and it's great for their ego, but it's true, like, that we need you. You are so valuable for this next journey that we got. The, the next goal, we got this major initiative. This is what we're trying. We're expanding right in this division, whatever it is. And you are the, because people love to feel needed. I'll just yeah. tell you, it's one of the love languages, you know, yeah. where you're like, John, Susan, you are a perfect fit. I have been interviewing for months and haven't sat across anyone that I think can do this better than you can. 100%. And especially in the online space, I think it's kind of flipped where businesses think like, oh, you know, you should be even be, you know, privileged that I'm interviewing. And it's like, no, if you're doing your due diligence part, which means this, if your recruiting system, which is what we install into businesses, is set up at the gate, then you're never even talking to somebody you shouldn't be talking to, which means every interview that you're doing at that point actually matters. It's carrying weight because you have the proper vetting system at the beginning to actually make a difference. It's kind of like pulling a page of the uh, Will Smith, you know, the pursuit of happiness, right? You they given that list, everyone's starting at the bottom, you just scroll all the way up to the top and you start at the top. Yeah, you know what no, I mean? I, and, I, and I agree, you know, you, you want to sit in front of just great talent. And my feeling is if somebody's sitting in front of me, they're there for a reason. Yep. The hard ones are the ones I can't quite get in for the interview that I'm, that I'm working to get them in. I'm literally, there's times when I'm saying, no, why don't you bring your wife? That that's my that's my big close. If I can't get a person, and I know I got a superstar out there. Yeah, I want to. I got to sell the wife on the entire vision of where her husband's going to be five years. Because sometimes he can't even see it, and I have to say to her, "No, no, Lisa, this is what your your husband is so ridiculously talented. This is what we're gonna. This is what we see him doing. We got, and then you can see her like nudging him, like next to the table, like kind of like kneeing him and all that. Like <laughs> there, you know, I, I've done interviews like that. I've hired extraordinary people like that. Where, where you know, I had to bring the wife in to oh, you know yeah. to close to close the deal or, or vice versa. I have Josh Alltop with me here. He's the founder of um, Grow Sales League. Well, Josh, how can people utilize your services? Connect with you. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, our business, uh, The Sales League, is literally set up to um, that you can literally just go to thesalesleague.com. You can get more information. If you're a sales professional at any level, meaning that you're a business owner, you're still doing sales, or you're a full-time career sales professional, we've got from solar roofing, high ticket insurance agencies. It doesn't really matter because sales is sales. If you can know how to actively listen, how to ask great questions and um, in your confidence, your belief, you will grow. We're seeing exponential growth in people, not because we have some crazy magic pill. There's no such thing as a magic pill. There's hard work, there's consistency, there's dedication, but people who come in and sharpen their ax day in, day out, I mean, that's what we're about. So you can go to thesalesleague.com and uh, you know get all the information you need. That's a great domain, by the way. <laughs> it's just a great domain, thesalesleague.com. All right, audience, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Obviously, we try to bring you guests that give you value. I teach a, a lesson every week and answer a question every week. And uh, I think this morning we were number two of all entrepreneurship podcasts, number six of business podcasts. And um, so I'm grateful for that. The podcast is brought to you by Gig Strategic. It's the best digital marketing company, period, for companies under 500 because you're actually going to work with a human being. You're not going to get like an email report every month that tells you where you ranked in your SEO rankings. I mean, you're going to work with someone and that's why they are great. And that's why they've been incredible for my companies. So thank you. I encourage you to reach out to Gig Strategic and we'll talk again soon.